business of felt making and sacrificed himself and his family to pay for his son's education. The women took in sewing for local tailors and dressmakers, toiling late into the night. To save money, they turned their oil lamps down to the absolute minimum, causing lasting damage to their eyes. The joints in their fingers became swollen from the long hours. Following the custom, my great-grandfather was married young, at fourteen, to a woman six years his senior. It was considered one of the duties of a wife to help bring up her husband. The story of his wife, my great-grandmother, was typical of millions of Chinese women of her time. She came from a family of tanners called Wu. Because her family was not an intellectual one and did not hold any official post, and because she was a girl, she was not given a name at all. Being the second daughter, she was simply called Number Two Girl, Er Ya Tao. Her father died when she was an infant, and she was brought up by an uncle. One day, when she was six years old, the uncle was dining with a friend whose wife was pregnant. Over dinner, the two men agreed that if the baby was a boy, he would be married to the six-year-old niece. The two young people never met before their wedding. In fact, falling in love was considered almost shameful, a family disgrace. Not because it was taboo. There was, after all, a venerable tradition of romantic love in China. But because young people were not supposed to be exposed to situations where such a thing could happen, partly because it was immoral for them to meet, and partly because marriage was seen above all as a duty, an arrangement between two families. With luck, one could fall in love after getting married. At fourteen, and having lived a very sheltered life, my great-grandfather was little more than a boy at the time of his marriage. On the first night, he did not want to go into the wedding chamber. He went to bed in his mother's room and had to be carried in to his bride after he fell asleep. But although he was a spoiled child and still needed help to get dressed, he knew how to plant children, according to his wife. My grandmother was born within a year of the wedding, on the fifth day of the fifth moon, in early summer 1909. She was in a better position than her mother, for she was actually given a name, Yu Fang. Yu, meaning Jade, was her generation name, given to all the offspring of the same generation while fang means fragrant flowers. The world she was born into was one of total unpredictability. The Manchu Empire, which had ruled China for over 260 years, was tottering. In 1894-95, to 95, Japan attacked China in Manchuria, with China suffering devastating defeats and loss of territory. In 1900, the Nationalist Boxer Rebellion was put down by eight foreign armies, contingents of which had stayed on, some in Manchuria and some along the Great Wall. Then, in 1904-5, Japan and Russia fought a major war on the plains of Manchuria. Japan's victory made it the dominant outside force in Manchuria. In 1911, the five-year-old emperor of China, Pu Yi, was overthrown, and a republic was set up with the charismatic figure of Sun Yat-sen briefly at its head. The new republican government soon collapsed, and the country broke up into fiefs. Manchuria was particularly disaffected from the republic, since the Manchu dynasty had originated there. Foreign powers, especially Japan, intensified their attempts to encroach on the area.
Under all these pressures, the old institutions collapsed, resulting in a vacuum of power, morality, and authority. Many people sought to get to the top by bribing local potentates with expensive gifts like gold, silver, and jewelry. My great-grandfather was not rich enough to buy himself a lucrative position in a big city, and by the time he was thirty, he had risen no higher than an official in the police station of his native Yishan, a provincial backwater. But he had plans, and he had one valuable asset, his daughter. My grandmother was a beauty. She had an oval face with rosy cheeks and lustrous skin. Her long, shiny black hair was woven into a thick plate reaching down to her waist. She could be demure when the occasion demanded, which was most of the time, but underneath her composed exterior she was bursting with suppressed energy.